Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to another episode of Podside Radio. Radio, radio, radio. What are the boys doing in the mornings? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, uh, and I'm joined by the usual crew. Chris, Kurt, how you doing? Hey there, Carlo. I'm doing well, although I've just now discovered in real time that some kind of malware thing has hijacked my uh my browser and set my default search to bing which i think is just insulting (laughs) oh no it's not like malware that does any damage it's just it just insults you a little bit (laughs) god do you do you remember the the yahoo search bar would self-install and shit like that Uh, yes yeah well i mean given that that that's something that i haven't thought about it probably since 2001 when discovery from the the fine ro- french robots uh mm-hmm. daft punk put mm-hmm. out uh we're gonna be talking about uh interstellar 5555 jesus mm-hmm. christ that's too many fives <laughs> uh i love that they're they they have what is it it's it's supposedly the fives are, are integrated into the interstellar you know five the, the the quadruple five colon the five story of the five secret <laughs> five star five system. <laughs> yes, M- maybe I'm just not reading that right. I don't understand the language, um, but yeah, we're we're going to be talking about that. Um, so uh, you know, Daft Punk always always a fun time. They, I, I'd forgotten that they'd stopped being, you know, robots. I guess that play music. Well, they stopped being Daft Punk. Yeah, exactly. I was (laughs) just gonna say, which I think was kind of smart. I have to Mm. say, I I think that they went out at the right time. Yeah, I honestly, wise move on their part. Um, You know, what was it? They 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 disbanded what in like 2012, something like that, or I thought it was only like a year or two ago. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like uh, their their last one, which was very sort of weirdly disco-y. I mean, not mm. not that not that that's very surprising, really. But this one was really heavy on that sort of funk and disco type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was ahead. just gonna say. So I, I I don't listen to a lot of Daft Punk. Like it's mostly just I just kind of catch it as you know as it comes on random places uh particularly the the uh derezzed song from the tron soundtrack is <laughs> phenomenal uh oh, but always great always yeah. great <laughs> it, it blows my mind that this this you know interstellar came out in 2003 because i really consider them closer to like 2010s like if mm-hmm. like that they're associated with that era in my mind so it's kind of amazing to me that they were came out like before i was out of high school <laughs> like I, I was surprised at that 
Oh, they man. were go ahead. They were a big deal um, in terms of popularizing that kind of French house, French disco sound mm. in the early two thousands. Um, and in a lot of ways, um, you can attribute a lot of subsequent kind of buzzy online influenced electronic movements. Um, especially things like synthwave and vaporwave, mm. um, probably wouldn't have happened if Daft Punk hadn't, it, it, specifically if Discovery had the, the album Discovery that that um, Interstellar five 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 is accompanying, mm-hmm. um, hadn't gotten so big and gotten basically injected into the brains of a bunch of like young teenagers and older teenagers, because um, I remember like. I remember a, a couple years after Discovery came out. I, so I I think that the first time that I ever heard Daft Punk was in, um, and you two may remember this. There there was a wasn't on Newgrounds, um, hmm. but it, it was a video of um, actually maybe it was on Newgrounds of uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger with mm-hmm. the the the, the kind of like little little chubby high school guys from River City Ransom. Mm-hmm. making kind of gestures this is, yeah this is vaguely <laughs> yeah that, that's the first time i ever heard one of their songs to my recollection and that was probably in 2001 2002 um and then a little while later i was like oh i should go and listen to this you know the actual album um but then not long after that like a lot of french house music and like fr- french electronica started to really blow up mm-hmm. um it, it, would that be like justice or band justice like and danger yeah because justice justice is probably around 2006 i want to say and there's a there there was a bunch of other groups like danger is one um anorak i think is another one jupiter uh, uh would um m a v three also count um y- yes definitely like definitely in the same vibe i mm-hmm. i would say they they kind of come from a little slightly different um origin point but but to your point chris what you, what the reason that i started on this little kind of spiel is um i think you're correct about when they really reached mainstream prominence like daft punk didn't really get like noticed noticed until like 2000 they're, they're a very obama era mainstream popularity band mm, but yeah. but to mm-hmm. your point they were around for quite a while before then yeah I, I think they just didn't it's it's weird they just suddenly became like a pop culture sensation even though like they didn't really release a much of note between discovery and random access memories which was their mm. final album so they weren't really doing a whole lot apart from <laughs> touring um they mm. were a big like touring band in like the the early like obama years well, D- didn't kanye use a beat or mm-hmm. something in one of their yeah, from harder better yeah so i i think that's probably oh that's a good point i didn't think about that yes you're right uh i'll say this uh chris i i ran into them like just randomly um, more or less, uh, I want to say it's around 97. Mm. Uh, I was at a, like, a, we were at like some vintage, not, not vintage, but a new record store that had opened up in old San Juan. And, uh, they had like a little sample, uh, CD, uh, by the register that they were giving me out free to, to listen to. I was like, I'll take it. And there were two bands on there that um, that just exploded into my brain. One of them was uh, 
this band, you know, Daft Punk, mm-hmm. and the other one is Air. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, I, I don't know if they uh, lingered in my brain, but uh, but these two were just like, it was like listening to something that I that I imagined would have come out like a, a decade, like a decade before, um, you know, like before I was a teenager or something like that. Like something that my parents would have been listening to at the disco mm-hmm. is basically what I what it sounded like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, maybe if there's a some some you know sort of science fictional or speculative aspect to it, uh, we, we could visit air at some point. But uh, but anyway. The track that was on that sample was actually around the world. Mm-hmm. And then I think th- I saw them, uh, I, a video of theirs. I, I'm going to guess it was like MTV or something like that. And it's just such a weird, I don't want to say avant-garde, but it, but it was just a very sort of like very performance art type of video. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a, a circular staircase and everyone's doing like weird little uh, staircase move, you know, stair- going up the staircase, but also like weirdly in sync with the music, and mm-hmm. it's just great. Um, anyway, uh, that was my my experience, and and so when when they actually sort of exploded, uh, I was actually a little happy because finally everyone else was like, "Yay, we yeah. like Daft Punk too!" And like, <laughs> finally, Jesus Christ, yeah, catch up. <laughs> They're. I think they're interesting in what they presage culturally when when they first started like showing up and getting popular and also what they didn't presage and and what I mean by that is um I think your reference to it sounded like something that my parents would have listened to at the disco is exactly correct but there's an aspect of it that is it's not it's not hauntological in the same way as something like synthwave which I mm-hmm. think ultimately is held back by the the kind of obsessive retro fuckery that people mm-hmm. get into where it's like everything needs to be a a commentary on a replication of or a outright satire of like this kind of imagined 1980s style, which mm-hmm. didn't really exist quite in that way, but but is now very uh, identified with like the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Daft Punk, I, I think, didn't quite have that same that same sense. They definitely felt like they were a band out of time, mm-hmm. but it was more that it was like stuff that that people like when when Daft Punk first started to get popular like mainstream popular in like the early 2000s yes they sounded like disco but that wasn't the conversation around them it wasn't it, it wasn't that like oh these guys sound like they're from the 70s it was just like it was just good and people liked it and liked how it sounded they they weren't kind of doing this weird like kabuki performance of you know the 1970s right mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. It, it it is not stylistically 1970s apart from just like the sound Mm -hmm. um and i think that's interesting because a a lot of the stuff that they wound up inspiring is very much consciously tying itself to a particular era of the past in a way that i don't think daft punk really they they did a little bit of it later on but 
at the at the outset it that that wasn't that wasn't the project and i mm-hmm. i think it's interesting because I mean, to me, that's much more interesting than being like, we're doing 1980 stuff, which mm-hmm. I do. I do like, you know, anyone who's ever listened to one of the playlists that I put together for Blood Knife is, is going to be like, bullshit, you love Synthwave, which is true. I do. But <laughs> I think that Daft Punk, in ways that we'll probably see in in this video, has a lot more originality artistically in mm-hmm. terms of like trying to like I, I almost feel like Daft Punk is trying to imagine not just not just a fake version of a time period that did happen, but a time period that never happened mm-hmm. and is like ambiguously in the past. Kind of like kind of like uh kind of like Arthurian legend, right? Mm. Which which yeah. like which which doesn't happen any particular time, just in the past. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean it's it's funny because as soon as uh you, you started that, I was like, Yeah, it does sort of sound it sounds like someone who had thought of, well, I like these sounds. And, and, and to be honest with you, like, it sounds like the evolution of sort of like disco into a more techno yes. electronic music that would have, ha- that might have happened if like something like, uh, was it Disco Demolition Night uh, hadn't mm. happened <laughs> yeah. uh, and stuff like that, where, where disco just continued. This is like an alternate timeline where disco actually continued and, and became more mature of a, of a thing instead of being sort of like thought of as, as sort of odd and funny and mm-hmm. mainly because you know it racism it, racism there's some uh queer you know some some homophobia yeah. involved in that as well and and mm-hmm. so on and so forth uh but but yeah yeah it, it is it is odd that uh, two french robots had had come up with this idea though <laughs> yeah well and, and i gotta say that that's part of the appeal of daft punk uh for me at least is how i i love any band willing to commit to an aesthetic and like take it f- not just like through music but like through everything that they put out mm-hmm. and the fact that like all their appearances were in the robot helmets and yes. every like just like the total commitment to that is just mm-hmm. perfect it's, yes. it's 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 even better, or I should say, it the the thing that really makes me agree with that, Chris, is the fact that I don't think anybody else cared about it as much as they did. <laughs> that's that's the real hallmark of a good bit is that you're like, I refuse to stop doing this, even though people don't like it that much. <laughs> Although I, I I think I think in the case of Daft Punk, people definitely did like it, but I also got the impression that like. The, the band seems to have liked it even more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is. It, there's, so, I guess, there's something um, somewhat, uh, you know, relatable with you know, like, okay, they were super fussy about you know, like, even during interviews, they wouldn't take off. You know, mm-hmm. the, it, it was just great. It's great because, yeah, like, like to your point, Chris, it's it's just a full commitment to that bit. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, like. You know, uh, who's going to develop a parasoci- parasocial relationship with two guys wearing masks? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> M- maybe they maybe they sidestep that particular bullet. Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Interstellar, which um, actually I believe also uh, you might have caught snippets of it on. I believe they had uh, developed a a deal with um, I forget if it was Toonami or Adult Swim. Uh, and they they released uh, single videos. Mm. Uh, I believe the first one was, in fact, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Uh, uh, that was released. Go ahead. 
you you are correct. At the time, it was tsunami. There now it would have it would be Adult Swim. At the mm-hmm. time, Adult Swim didn't happen every night. I want to say it only it either only happened on I think Fridays and Fridays. Saturdays. Yeah, I believe you're correct. Um, and the rest of the time, Toonami was the evening block, and that would run until like one or two in the morning. So at the time, it was like I think it was called like Toonami Reactor or something. Um, what I'm seeing here is Toonami Midnight Run. Midnight Run, yes, that's right, yes. With a little robot guy whose name escapes me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a little uh, – they were smart about their, their CGI uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they used because the robot was like rounded and, and looked like a robot. It mm-hmm. wasn't like trying to look like the guys from Reboot or whatever. <laughs> but, but yes, I that's where I probably saw some of this for the first time. And because it was very much in that era of TV where you would see something and then be like, well, that was cool. I guess I'll never see it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind you're of like, the tail what the fuck did that? I just see? <laughs> well, like, you know, Kurt, you're, you're, you're reminding me of uh, a, a time period where, yeah, like that there, you know, we were approaching like the late era of cable tv where there was a lot of variety and you know like like you said like you could catch something and if you didn't have like a specific like this was even before you had the special remotes that gave you the uh the big schedules where you could check and see but even then like you know what are you going to check on on like a uh, you know like the toonami block is like okay that that helps, I guess. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't even know what, what it was called, so you couldn't even, like, mm-hmm. go, like, Toonami Block and something on, you know, like, Next, Next Netscape Explorer or if some you shit looked, like that. If you looked in TV Guide, you might you, you might get the details, although they also might not be accurate, as I recall, <laughs> because <laughs> Toonami was – and, and even more so Adult Swimmer – always a little bit annoying about their timing – where sometimes they would have like a show that was like 17 minutes or something and the whole thing would be fucked up for the rest of the night and things were starting at like 21 minutes after the hour the rest of the time. Well, all, most of their uh, in-house stuff was exactly that. It was like 11 to 22 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was about it. Like every Aqua Teen Hunger Force, every, you know, C-Lab 2021, all that stuff was like about 20, 22 minutes mm-hmm. with – commercial breaks so anyway yeah uh not not to uh, maybe we should uh put a pin in that and come back to like some retro tsunami uh block and talk about that someday i i have a pitch for that that i will pitch you on at the end we don't need to do it now but okay let's let's put a pin in that yeah so um, we'll circle back we'll circle back and then uh you know we'll we'll uh regroup and and, and, yeah uh, and and regroup here's uh, a new one i just i just learned today Uh uh I'll revert to you later. Oh, that's terrible. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I I started hearing stack hands. We need to stack hands around around this idea, around this project. What? Terrible. What does that even mean? It's it's supposed to be evoking that like that like team 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 sports teams where you all put your hand go team. Yeah. Yeah, but but that that's just going go team. It's not like actually playing the game, is it? (laughs) Well, no, but you're aligning. You you're aligning Uh, much like the fictional members of the Crescendals uh, are forcibly aligned um, mm-hmm. on planet Earth by an yes. evil wizard man. 
Kind I, of. I I do I do love <laughs> I do love that his name is uh, oh shit I forgot his first name uh, something Ladarkwood yeah <laughs> <laughs> Earl de, de Darkwood I'm sorry <laughs> J- just in case you were a little iffy on that so so let me let me just um, c- can we talk real briefly about the style here because yes. the minute uh, I looked because this was a, a like a basically a toy. A, a, uh, animation, uh, you know, they worked with Toei Animation and I believe, what was it, uh, Kazuhisa Takanuchi and uh, was the director of Interstellar mm-hmm. um, and then uh, supervised by Leiji Matsumoto. Um, so one of the things that I, I want to say here is that as a, I want to say like probably a little too young, I convinced my mom to go take me to go see, um, is it Galaxy Express 999? Yes. At the theater. And uh, there, not not that there's any, like, this isn't like, uh, you know, Acura or, or Perfect Blue levels of nudity or anything like that. But it, it gets a little racy. And my mom, like, turned around and was like, what are you, you better cover your eyes here. <laughs> it, it's also, it must be said, extremely confusing. I, I also saw Galaxy Express 999 when I was probably a bit too young. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the main impression that it made on me was, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> exactly. I was like, "What? What is happening?" And there, there's this tall lady, and and this is exactly the same, you know, sort of animation style that uh, that Interstellar has, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Stella, who is you know the the, the name is a- named after her, uh, is like very t- uh, tall and lithe and very thin, you know, sort of like very slender profile, <laughs> and, uh, and and so uh, what is it, Stella Arpeggius? Barrel octave. <laughs> wow, uh, there's there's some there's some names that mean stuff in. <laughs> I, I I love it, but but also it's like okay okay hit me with it. I, I also love that uh, a a a dark horse character who actually shows up at the last minute to save them is merely called Shep. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I you're I think you're exactly right. I, I mean. Obviously, you're exactly right about Galaxy Express 999 since it's re- – I mean, it is also Leiji Matsumoto. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to mention that the director of this um, – you said his name, Kazuhi- isn't it Kazuhiro? Kazuhiro. Kazuhisa Takanushi. Takanushi. Um, he did a bunch of he did a bunch of stuff. Um, he he directed a few episodes of Sailor Moon. He did a, a bunch of – he did a few Dra- Dragon Ball Z episodes. The one that, that – uh, anime fans may remember the most is a uh, was an was an OAV called Vampire Wars, which hmm. is like one of those like super over the top violent exploitation like Ninja Scroll type ones, but it's about vampires fighting vampires and it's just guts all over the place. It's a good time, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, and he did Galaxy Express nine nine nine, and the other thing which Galaxy Express is is linked to, um. Uh, is Ca- Captain Harlock, right? Captain Harlock and the various space battleship Yamato, also called Star Blazers, a very confusing series. Um, about like it's very confusing. I've I, I I've watched two of the movies and I I don't know that I could explain it very well. 
Um, but it's but it's co- in the future. People are reincarnated uh, over and over again in different eras of history. One of the guy, the 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 main guy, Captain Harlock, has also in a past life was also like a like a Luftwaffe pilot. Uh, uh, very you know pro- problematic, <laughs> ruh-roh. Pro- ruh-roh. A bit problematic. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, the the art style is like it's, direct it's, out of there, and it's it's it's, it's, it's lovely. It's I love it. Uh, also, let's let's be clear here that uh, Captain Harlock. I I would stare at the posters. I, I I think I may have caught some episodes here and there of like whatever it was. There must have been some sort of syndicated show or something. Um, we we weirdly we in Puerto Rico we we ended up getting a lot of um a lot of uh anime in the late seventies, uh, Messenger uh, a lot uh, mm-hmm. out of, and probably syndicated out of uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I must have caught some, and, and the thing that I kept on looking at was like, cool fucking ship, dude. Looks <laughs> it like is a cool. Space submarine. Wave motion cannon. But, uh, anyway, yeah, so, so the, the art style is very similar, um, except that obviously the Crescendals, uh, or, or the band soon to be known as the Crescendals, mm-hmm. uh, be are, are blue skinned aliens um who uh who are you know like apparently very famous or famous enough on their home world uh before they get uh, kidnapped and and of course we 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 open with uh the song that probably everyone knows like is is engraved on and some summer you know some summer part of their brains uh which is of course you know one more time mm-hmm. um so that that's them sort of playing their their little intro music, and uh, I mean, do do we want to? We should probably listen to a little bit of that, right? Certainly, absolutely. Excellent. All right, so let's do that. Maybe one more time. One more time. Yes, exactly. Thank you. One All right. more time. The thing I like about that particular song is that kind of like bouncy driving beat that it has that that is it, it's kind of spreads spread across most of the album not not quite all of it um but certainly like a lot of the what you might call the bangers on the album definitely have that mm-hmm. sound to them and mm-hmm. I think it's just it's just very distinct that kind of like dink 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 mm-hmm. it's it's just a very um it sounded very unusual at the time, and it also sounds a bit unusual now. Like that, that I think is is what I think for contemporary audiences was probably one of the most striking things. Is that although it sounded like other things, it didn't sound like anything. It it didn't sound like a clear evolution from anything that was popular at that moment. Yeah, um, and well, and it, for a long while there wasn't really anything else that immediately sounded similar. So it was just like. Here's these weird French guys, and also here's their cartoon. 
<laughs> well, and 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 even mm-hmm. even the the vocals where they it, it's sort of like a it, it evokes that uh, that Peter Frampton live uh, yes, sound, yes, but without you know mm. without like the the sort of like the weird uh, spacey version of that. This is much more sort of driven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I really like this is a fun song to to just listen to to dance to. I'm gonna guess. Um, and it's a great yeah. sequence in oh, yeah. in the film too. It's a terrific sequence in the film. Like it's neat. It's it's one of those one of the things that I I love about this movie is that it really makes it makes fairly perfect sense despite I I don't think it has any dialogue at all, does it? Nope, Maybe it has like a, a little tiny bit. No? I, I don't no. think there is an it at all. No, yeah. No, there's there's nothing. There there is some um like the the characters will uh, move their mouths obviously right. to to mimic singing or what have you, but but yeah, like it's it's completely just music. Yeah, it, it's it's it you know, it's classic like you know silent film style like you know it tells a story with no dialogue whatsoever and it doesn't even have like you know the interstitials like a silent film would it's just it you could it it's a master class in like visual storytelling that's a that's a great you know what chris i i I hadn't thought of it in that's that way and that's a fucking great catch man thank you yeah yeah it's absolutely that um just, just, and again, I think that 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 circle, you know, sort of like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like it's like an evolution of something that would have developed in a different timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Two two other anime series that this this sequence reminds me of are um, there's a there's a series. I don't know if they ever did a series actually, but it's, it was definitely a movie like a, like a standalone OAV called space adventure Cobra, (laughs) um, which is kind of about like a, like a, like a James Bond type outer space CAD, you know, you know, good, good time romance, uh, criminal guy who was also like a secret agent (laughs) kind of, um, and then uh, the other thing that it reminds me of is um, a series that I think the I think the actual name is like Science Team Gachaman um, hmm. from the from the mid seventies, uh, but that, it's also known as Battle of the Planets. That's that's how I know it. Yeah, that's yeah. how I knew it from. Man, I used to watch. I used to watch that simply because I wanted to see the their ship go Phoenix. It's so that cool. was such a cool <laughs> such a cool yeah. sequence. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, and and Battle of the Plants had its own little thing too because they were like uh, they were like a little uh, sib- there were siblings and yeah, know, they like- had they had a bird theme. Yeah, the 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 whole kind of band setup is very Battle of the Planets to me. <laughs> oh oh, for sure. Yeah yeah. Uh, down down to like even the uh, character shapes because uh, what is it? Um, Got, Shit! What is got, his name? Beryl is the drummer, yes. and he's like he's, he's like a little, a little short guy, yes, tiny, you know, roundish guy. You know, uh, Battle of the Plants had their little robot, uh, their their little R two kick in, uh, and also the 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 youngest brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's very strange, right? That these these sort of like um, it's almost like a template where you get like these characters the two main character or the two oldest uh characters are, are tall and thin or whatever mm-hmm. like here it's um 
to a certain degree, I would say that it's probably Stella and uh, Octave who uh, are are generally more active within the, the the narrative that you see on screen, mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent, Arpeggius. <laughs> yeah, the the like different sizes and and you know like variation among the character designs. Um, it, it's great, but it's also it, it's reminiscent of like the 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 gorillas, like the how those are those characters are differentiated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is. It is. Yeah, it's just well, it it, it's it's classic. It's classic cartooning, you know. Like, yeah. give every character should be able to be, <laughs> uh, like, dis- differentiated based solely on their silhouette. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell who yeah. it is based yes. on their silhouette. But at the same time, these ones don't look like ass. So you know, <laughs> modern, modern Ooh, uh, Jamie Hewlett, take note. Kurt's coming for you. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Take note. They don't need. You, you, you know what? You, you know what? What I was thinking of specifically, actually, is we watched the, we watched those CGI Adams Family films mm, okay. the other day because my kids are super obsessed with the Adams Family. So anything Adams Family, we have to watch. We're nice. at, we're, we're going to wind up watching like the black and white um, like TV show before too much longer, and the character designs in that look just like look like total shit. Just absolute garbage, and I'm sure that 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 the reason is is that well, it is a distinctive silhouette. Yes, and Wednesday looked like she got squished between two cars, and they just left her like that. <laughs> terrible, terrible. So anyway, anyway, you can make a weird little short guy. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so so then uh, basically uh, we get the the entire scene. We we see that they're they're well loved. Uh, yeah, like everyone's having fun at the at the concert, but lo and behold, they're attacked. Uh, you know, they they a, a ship, you know, basically flies into the uh, their their planet's airspace, uh, and <laughs> I love the detail that the even the guys that are basically uh, working at. You know that that interplanetary NORAD or whatever—they're not looking at the scopes; they're looking at the crescendals, uh, you know, <laughs> the band playing, and they're having fun too. And it's like, whoops, <laughs> sorry, fellas. <laughs> and and so uh, this is one of the um, this is sort of like a weird. Uh, it's a very um, it clashes a lot with the sort of like the smoothness of one more time, like the aerodynamic uh, track. Mm. Uh, that that sort of like uh, you know, ushers in the invasion and uh, subsequent kidnapping of the band uh, by someone, someone, mm-hmm. someone nefarious. So what? Why don't we listen a little bit of uh, of the aerodynamic? What do you say, fellas? Of course, good, excellent. All right. <laughs> Part of that track is that one kind of like heavily, heavily processed guitar riff where it's like that just has like such a neat um it, it's it's just a very unique, interesting sound. Um that I don't know exactly how they achieved that, but it sounds very cool. 
It sounds, you know what it sounds, it reminds me of, now that you you mentioned it, uh, it reminds me of a uh, sort of like run through a feedback or some, some sort of feedback loop, uh, the opening riff on Thunderstruck. Yeah. I bet, yeah, 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 it's, it's similar to that, yes. Like that, that slow progression of, a, you know, like uh, of notes and, and repetition sort of like looping back and forth. I mean, it's very... Um, it's very sort of like like I like I think it's supposed to be feel very different and uh, clash with the previous music uh, because it's an attack. Mm, yeah, I love that the 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 guys are all just sort of like very much uh, wearing gas masks and uh, <laughs> very very sort of evocative of like imagery from like something like the wall or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, also. Minor point here. Uh, Arpeggius is able to get away. <laughs> he runs off, and I love that they they have a specific uh, a, because they they basically like they they fire some knockout gas and get most of them except the guitarist Arpeggius. He runs away, and uh, dude has like a a specific uh, pellet that he screws onto like a, a crossbow bolt. <laughs> And fires at him that just like poofs around him as soon as he gets hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great, uh, you know, great uh, versatility in the the weapons and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I think musically, it's it's also it's 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 doing a lot of interesting things because on the one hand, you kind of have like touches of like a fugue, like like mm-hmm. Bach almost, mm-hmm. like it has very that kind of like organ sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also kind of, you, you have the, um, that kind of very noticeable, but high quality synth sound of something like Elton John's funeral for a friend, mm-hmm. um, where you, you kind of have that, that, you know, the, the bell sounds, um, it's, it's a neat midpoint between something that sounds very processed and something that sounds organic. Um, and, I, I think that is a particular combination that now isn't even especially remarkable or worth, you know, mentioning. That's just something that music does now. But at the time, it was much less so something that that music uh, did. You know, like mm. I, I, I would say that in the 90s, um, uh, with, with some exceptions, the, the, the divide between electronic music and, you know, rock or less less so less so R&B and hip hop but certainly between rock and electronic outside of a few genres was much more distinct um mm-hmm. you know industrial yes you would get you know guitars and like electronic stuff but in regular rock music you you would at least in the 90s it was not as much of a thing mm-hmm. apart from stuff like i don't know like orgy for instance did did, did that so i i just think it's a really neat evocative song it is kind of a funny fit for the for the imagery, but it but it's it still works. And the other thing is, the music is so strong on its own that mm-hmm. really you just need the imagery to be interesting, right? Like like you could honestly just have a black screen and play the song, and it would still be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was, uh, as a brief aside, I was, uh, before we started, I was telling, uh, Chris that, um, one of my go-to, uh, albums for, for like going to the gym and, and like 
doing 30 minutes on the treadmill, you know, running, uh, was, was exactly the Daft Punk, um, 2007 alive concert record. Mm -hmm. And when they do the, um, they do aerodynamic beats and I forget exactly what the other thing they pair it up with, but it, it's, it just like explodes. It's just got a great, <laughs> it's such, such a great rhythm that, you know, <laughs> it, it, it pumps you up, man. It just <laughs> gets you pumped up for, to, to, to sweat some more. But anyway, um, so yeah, so, so, uh, the, the band gets, uh, kidnapped, uh, sort of like taken aboard this ship and, uh, they sort of like jet off, um, and uh, no one, like basically the even even the guys that are supposed to be watching, uh, like <laughs> in in space NORAD, uh, miss them, right? Uh, and it just so happens that um, a a random uh, guy with a guitar shaped ship, <laughs> which <laughs> I I love, I love it so much. It is so sort of corny but it doesn't it doesn't matter it's no just, it's a guitar shaped ship Come yeah on, it, it, it's it, great it, it, it might look like the cover of an elo album but it rocks <laughs> it, oh. yeah it definitely well, looks like a cup like the cover of an elo album the other well, thing it reminds me of is have did either of you ever see the the cartoon silverhawks uh mm. briefly i may have caught like m- minutes it was it was it it was kind of like an attempt to duplicate the success of uh thundercats it was mm. made also by uh Riket bass actually i believe made it oh. um and um that it, it was the same basic setup as uh thundercats but they were all bird themed and they lived in space on like this this uh spaceship the pilot of which was was a cool space cyborg cowboy with the guitar and he would play like cool riffs the whole time um and it it, it felt very sim. It, it reminded me of that a lot by the way other funny thing about sil- about uh, silverhawks is is um you could fall down in their space and so people would like fall out of the spaceship and fall down forever it was <laughs> how their space worked Sorry, I I was chuckling to myself because I was imagining it was like one of the canned phrases the cy the cyborg cowboy would have is there's a cyber snake in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, here we we meet Shep, who is uh, I guess polishing and buffing the outside, <laughs> like the hull of his ship. It's a good thing uh, to do, honestly. Uh, yeah. You don't want your ship. I, I mean, it's such a. It's like imagine how hard that is to keep clean with well, all those I, I, matte and chrome surfaces. <laughs> well, I also love the <laughs> fact that uh, it's it's treated like uh, like those car guys that spend the entire weekend like washing their car and then detailing every every minute of it. Yeah, like every inch <laughs> of it. Um, so so yeah so Shep comes uh yeah like he 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 notices he's the one that notices the ship like disappear into um like a, they they have like a like a phantom zone looking uh portal or hyperspace uh mm-hmm. gate or something like that mm-hmm. uh and he he catches them and and this is where uh like he he isn't necessarily um a main character but he's important in the in the plot as it yeah, you know, as it is in uh, in Interstellar, and so w- we get his little uh, his little basic theme theme song uh, here, which is uh, none other than Digital Love. Another great little one, I feel uh, that that seems to be in 
sort of like in alignment uh, with something like uh, One More Time. So let, let's give that a little listen. Yeah, I, I I don't know. This is this is a fun one too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it it has like that same um, that same sort of like uh, vocal uh, uh, trickery that uh, that one more time has, but it it's sort of like even bouncier. Uh, I don't know what. I mean. Did did either one of you catch this one like on the radio when it uh, when it was out? On the radio, I'm not sure, but yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite tracks <laughs> on the album. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think it's one of the more straightforward pop songs, basically mm-hmm. on it. Like mm. it doesn't really have you know you know and like between like the there's there's a lot of lyrics which. And it actually has conventional, you know, verses and refrains, and it, it's it basically feels like it could be, you know, like classic funk or like late Motown, mm. right? Yeah, um, I can see that. Like, uh, uh, I don't know, like like uh, like the Four Seasons or something, or mm. like Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, like mm. it's it's kind of got that 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 like style to it um, at at some levels, and. I really like the vocal processing. I think it gives it again. It gives it this slight uncanniness that feels like it's from a different era, mm-hmm. but it's but you'd be hard pressed to say which which one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, not now. Um, <laughs> well, and I think it's it's also supposed to convey that you know, like Shep has like a he's always had like a thing for Stella. You know, not not like personally. Uh, but like he's a super fan, and he's this got a parasocial like a relationship. Yes, he's he's definitely down bad parasocially. Yep, uh, like he's got his little poster hanging over the bed, which is also such a um, that feels like a, a something you don't see anymore, right? Like yeah, uh, <laughs> like the idea that uh, <clears throat> like you you put the 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 poster of your favorite uh, singer or you know pinup babe or whatever over or pinup guy as the case may be mm-hmm. uh, over your bed um feels like something that that fell out of you know fell out of favor possibly yeah, for real for for good reasons but do people anyway. do people still have posters in houses <laughs> I, mean, Very, I, I and and i don't mean like a framed movie poster or something like like mm-hmm. i have stuff like that i'm talking about like oh i got a poster you know i'm going to put the poster up yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's i i've seen it but it's 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 definitely something that's definitely fallen by the wayside i feel i th- i feel like we need to talk to like actual live teenagers to figure this out because that, that that's like prime poster territory mhm yeah yeah well, I mean, yeah, that, that, but I, I don't want to sound like, you know, man yelling at cloud or anything like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, like, like do, yeah, do 
teenagers today have posters on their walls uh, when they can just look up the, the their their favorite pop stars <laughs> think, Instagram or something. Yeah, I think they have uh, I think they have phone backgrounds now. That's probably what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean I that that's the poster. It's shrunk down to your to fit your phone screen. I remember the uh, the Scholastic Book Fair used to have posters, and one year I got a super cool poster of like a Ferrari of some kind, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't I didn't want to unwrap it and mess it up, so I, it was on what, what one of those kind of like cardboard backing pieces, <laughs> and I just kind of like leaned it against the wall because I, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> so yeah, so um, so anyway, uh, sh- this is Shep. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that he's the one that gets the, the very simple name. Uh, and, and he, uh, then also, uh, basically follows the ship. He goes in pursuit, um, and goes to the, the weird phantom zone, uh, hyperspace gate that they have there, um, to follow them. And, you know, basically the, the band is then sort of like, um, taken out of, they're, they're putting these little pods, uh, that uh, apparently put them into like some sort of cryo sleep or something like that, um, or suspended animation, as the case may be, um, and then they're they're essentially uh, <laughs> they're given white face yeah. so that they can blend in with the Earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, doesn't don't don't they make one of them black also? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Octave, who who you know, even in his uh, his alien form, had like a bit of a, a fro. Yeah. Um, yeah, and their their, their minds, uh, they their minds are wiped, and all the oh, memory, that's right. The memory is put on a memory disc. <laughs> hey, fellas, you remember back in the two thousands when there were CD ROMs? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I do love that the uh, the tech here is is delightfully both. Um, it's both like uh, super advanced, but also the the trappings and the way it looks is like both of the moment and of the past. Because even the discs are held in like these big chunky casings. Yeah, it's great. I love it. You gotta, and, and, you gotta get a zip drive to get your memory back. <laughs> <laughs> a Berdouli. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh as this is happening because they they they're sort of like um doing the thing where they they they're trying out different uh styles, outfits, looks and so on and they they find when they finally settle on it uh this is you know the sequence that probably everyone has heard already, right? The the harder better faster stronger. Uh again, like you said Chris, uh because uh, you know if, if you hadn't heard it <laughs> before, you probably ca- caught a sample of it on on Kanye's uh Kanye's album. Yep. Um so so let's let's give that a little a little listen to as well. All right. Excellent. Um, so yeah, th- this is uh, definitely one of. I I can understand why this may have been one of the first videos that that was released. Uh, simply because it's it's like really fucking punchy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It, it is. What's surprising to me is that it didn't wind up being like a one hit wonder thing. Like that's, mm. that's the strange thing about Daft Punk is that like, especially, especially, uh, you know, harder, better, faster, stronger. It feels like it could have been a one hit wonder. And, and they, they just happened to have, you know, like nine other hits on, on that album. Um, yes. and, and so, and so they weren't because like, like you hear it and it's like, it's kind of a gimmicky song, right? Like, and I think that it is, it is telling that it's used in this kind of like mechanical contraption, uh, sort of sequence here. Well, it, it also like the, um, the, 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 the bass sounds very similar and probably I I don't know much about music, but it I wouldn't be surprised if it maps uh, closely to uh, the the same sort of no, basic notes that uh, aerodynamic has. I would imagine mm. so. Yeah. Mm, yeah, the beat is definitely similar. Um, <laughs> that's that's what do you call the theme, kiddos? <laughs> A motif. A motif. <laughs> One of the things that I remember being startled by in the song itself. Um, is the vocal processing towards the end where where they do the um our work is never over, but they kind of turn it into like like triplet notes, like is never you know, it's kind of like going up and down very quickly. I can't I can't possibly sing that. It's impossible. Um but mm-hmm. uh but but it's it's and, very and unusual yet, how and the yet Daft Punk could do and it. Yet Daft Punk did it, yes. of course. With with yes. their with their with their, with their own helmets. voices. Oh yes, yes. Well, I mean they are robots. <laughs> it's um, true, it's true. But yeah, it, like it's that that to me was very unique, the way that the the voice was processed not just into a different sort of vocal, but basically into just like an instrument and it kind of transitioned into it. And mm-hmm. I think I think that gave it a very sci-fi quality, even without um even without the benefit of, you know, the interstellar uh kind of you know movie accompaniment. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I I also like that um, what you're talking about also the way it sounds, it, it sort of almost sounds incoherent, like like and it's slight, it's like cut off right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, you know, like I, I think it's it it matches sort of like the it, it's a great thing to match with the the narrative that they've devised here. Right. Because it's it's exactly uh they their their memories are being sort of wiped and they're being given another <laughs> type of uh memory uh of being earthlings or something who knows mm-hmm. uh, and and they're fitted with like these little um implants uh i know that stella has like these these cool ass sunglasses that uh, could only exist in anime because even if you wore them you would look very goofy <laughs> um but but yeah like uh, I think that they have like these little implants on their temples and uh, that's what sort of keeps them sort of In, under control. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, and it turns out that like uh, their, 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 uh, their direct manager is uh, <laughs> again, I, I love uh, the, they, they, they I, I don't know that he's like named until after they find they 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 go to his uh you know a very european castle <laughs> <laughs> evil castle i should say TM. that's right yeah um 
but but yeah, this is the Earl the uh, Darkwood. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 his character design is so awesome because he's just like obviously like he looks like you know. Uh, an old you know edwardian like baron or something like that like he's uh he's like um oh he's like miles edgeworth in ace attorney if you know if you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah well he's got those big swooping uh that big swooping white hair sticking out you know uh behind him yeah and uh that that sort of glare that he has which you know uh you see him several times like dressed in these tuxedos you're like wait is he the the conductor and he's like yes he actually sort of is um and so on and so forth but uh but yeah like like basically he's the guy that um is leading the the new uh band the crescendals uh around on tour and you know just like they're buried under all sorts of promotional materials they've got to sign so many things Mm -hmm. it's they're having a bad time Mm-hmm. I, I I like the the, the um, detail that their logo, uh, at least at, at that first concert uh, behind them, it the word crescendals uh, is made to look like the Coca Cola logo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's it's like a a weird cursive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I did I did enjoy like how sort of like weirdly chintzy yes. <laughs> like a lot of the stuff looks, um, and uh, in in the process like I think uh, he's he's sort of like uh, specifically uh, targets Stella because uh, you know she's very you know she's very attractive, so you know he's trying to you know figure out ways to 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 get her noticed more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, there's a scene where he, uh, he gets her dressed up and he's, he's dressed up and he drops like a card, uh, in, in the hotel room and she picks it up and it has like his, <laughs> I think it's like something like five, five, five Darkwood lane or something <laughs> like that. It's just great. I love it. It's like, why, why use subtlety? This is a, this is a, a, a an extended video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, yeah, so so uh, basically, you, you start realizing that um, that they're they're <laughs> he sort might of be like, a bad dude. As what? It turns out. He's a baddie. What are you talking about? He's making all sorts of money. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought making money was a good thing, Kurt. Hmm. 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 I wonder what happened there. So yeah. So um, it, it turns out that uh, you know they're they're at a uh, a they win was it the gold record uh ceremony <laughs> and uh none other than daft punk themselves make a cameo here uh, yes one of the <laughs> one of the 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 candidates to the award to win the gold record yeah. <laughs> uh, i i love how simple everything is it's just like yeah this is the gold record uh you win a gold record that's yeah. i mean what, what are you going to call it anything else well, exactly uh I, I did love that uh, you get little cartoon renditions of Daft Punk, and then uh, obviously the Crescendals win, and uh, their their benefactor, uh, the Earl de Darkwood, uh, is very happy with this, um, and I believe that they're they they then are in the midst, you know, later they're in the midst in the midst of another concert uh, when Shep shows up basically and is able to use his jetpack. Um, uh, to fly into the concert 
and uh, and basically uh, used like his little ray gun to free them. All of them except Stella from their their um, their weird mind control implants. Uh, and, uh, and that, that becomes another point where they have to like figure out a way to get her loose. Uh, Shep receives injuries as a result. Uh, Octave goes to try to recover. I'm, I'm getting, I may be getting mixed up. They're, they're on the run. They're running away in like a van and, Mm -hmm. um, the dark woods, like goons are chasing them and they kind of like shoot, um, it's a really awesome sequence and it's almost like straight out of Akira type type um, mm-hmm. sequence of like where they're on the highway at night and um, but the uh, Shep is like mortally wounded and mm-hmm. then um, but and then it's also revealed that Darkwood's goons are actually androids cyborgs this, this whole this whole part of the film is very rock and rule isn't it yes 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 it's funny because you would think the whole film would be and it's it's not though it's really when it gets into like the rock star stuff that it's like oh this is where's lou reed with his funny you know cool <laughs> character design what's the name of that character from rock and rule the bad guy do you remember oh, oh shit the famous Mock. guy Mock, that's right. Mock. Mock, yeah, yeah. Where's Mock? Mock should have been at at that ceremony. He was fucking robbed, man. He should have been. He should have been up for the golden record as well. I think. Well, his his. Uh, I guess he uh, he depended a little too much on his AI to uh, produce music. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's a really good. The, the whole chase sequence is just really terrific. It's just. It's, it's what what one of the things that's impressive about this is is so first of all, apparently they spent four million dollars. <laughs> On this movie, which is mm-hmm. kind of impressive that they're like, yes, we're we're going to make an anime <laughs> for our, for our album be, be, uh, because because we both loved Captain Harlock when we were kids. Yes. That's basically it. Yes, we're we're big nerds and we want an anime. Um, and then they just made one. And what's interesting, what what's cool is like, I feel like this this came out in a unique moment where people were investing a great deal into these like weird, you know, multimedia marketing campaigns, mm. but they weren't like announcing it very well. So stuff would just appear. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, why, <laughs> why does this, like, why is there what appears to be what looks for all the world, like an, like an anime from 30 years ago at, at yeah. the time that this came out more like 50 years ago now. Um, and yet, has Daft Punk music music over it? Like, is this an old anime that I've just never seen before? Like, like when when this came out, my first thought was not, oh, this is a promotional movie to to make me want to buy and listen to Daft Punk's music. It was just like, what the fuck is this? This is this is weird. This is cool, mm-hmm. you know. So like, and like, if you did this now, if if Kanye were to make an anime. That would be the the just the the announcement of it would be extensively covered, and so you would by the time the thing itself arrived, it would have already been chewed upon and judged, and people would have written think pieces about it and and whatever you know. Yeah, pe- Whereas this just appeared, and you're like, well, what the fuck is this? This missing <laughs> from another universe. Well, I mean, uh, to to your point, Kurt, I, I was just reminded of uh, Southland Tales that uh, supposedly is like the third part of like <laughs> there there was supposed to be like two comic books that explain the the first parts <laughs> of it, <laughs> and then you get to the movie, and mm. it's like 
Multimedia. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I yeah. think that um, also I think that stuff like Blair Witch Project uh, mm-hmm. probably helped with that uh, the idea, right, Definitely. Uh, of trying to um, sort of prime the pump for something that was, you know, like through another medium mm-hmm. for a movie or for a, an album or whatever it may be. Yeah, this, the, the, this... the rise of the uh, ARG, yeah, yes. for, for, yes. for promotional purposes. This is also an era where America had figured out that anime would be a big deal. And and some some was, you know, like mm-hmm. like Adult Swim and Toonami were were certainly making their bones by, you know, bringing anime over. Um, you know, Dragon Ball Z was was and Sailor Moon were pretty well established even though like you know, a lot of Americans didn't know that they were anime. They were just like, oh, there's these weird these weird shows that are on, you know. Why does everyone yell all the time? I remember was was one of the big things. But like it like it, it was clear that it would be a big deal culturally, but nobody had quite figured out what to do with it yet. And so I think that's that's extra context for for the existence of this, which is like, well, clearly anime has some kind of cultural cachet but we don't quite know how to tap into it. And so maybe mm-hmm. Daft Punk is the way to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or at least they thought that that was the way to do it. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's wild that they just like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to spend $4 million on it. And, uh, and there was no real, like, I guess there was an expectation of like, it would sell them more albums or get them more you couldn't even you couldn't even get four million dollars to make the actual album now much less (laughs) a promotional item for it (laughs) yep yep you would get like eighty thousand dollars and they'd be like oh you want to do a cartoon uh here's some paper (laughs) and a pencil how about we do like some uh some flash animation and have like some some ai do it first and then we'll rotoscope it that's that's what I hear the kids like, and it's like no, no. <laughs> well, I anyway. do like rotoscoping, but but the rest of it, it no. Well, I mean, like like the the stuff that they uh, what was it the shit the the ones that they're 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 basically just uh, using the the AI functions to just basically do a rotoscope, yeah. uh, which isn't very inventive, you know. Anyway. Uh, in any case, the 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 point being that um, the point being yeah. that you need to collect five thousand five hundred and five fifty five golden records. Yes, so that we can take over, conquer the universe. Yes, uh, but but before that, um, it you know the, basically the you know they they take Shep uh, to like a, a a secret location and he sort of dies. Uh, but before he dies, he, you know, they, they all reveal that, you know, they're, they're, they're real, you know, appearances to him. Um, and, uh, you know, as they're doing that, you know, uh, was it, uh, something about us, uh, is, is playing, uh, as, as weirdly, like, as a, like a type of a requiem for poor old Shep, mm-hmm. the, 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 the guy who treats his, his spaceship like a hot rod. His guitar-shaped <laughs> spaceship like a hot rod. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's listen to a little bit of uh, something about us because that it. it I, I really, uh, I really enjoy this one as well. I mean, big surprise, right? <laughs> so let's let's listen in.
I just want to say musically, um, their last album, Random Access Memories, kind of sounds a lot more like that one song than the rest of the album. Mm. Um, they have a much more kind of like, like chill, chill out tent disco vibe to it, as mm-hmm. opposed to like the driving rhythms um, yeah. Of, yeah. of this album that it mostly has. And I, 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 uh, I enjoy that vibe a great deal. It's, you know, so I was, I was excited that they returned uh, to that for that album. So. This is a this is a pre lo-fi chill out vibes uh track. kind of kind of yeah I, interest I mean interestingly enough uh another genre that might not exist without adult swim um mm. because that yeah. is that that mm. that was uh, a major way that people got exposed to the music of people like uh, Anuja Bass um who who arguably you know was kind of the midwife of the modern version of that genre. RIP hmm. to him. Hmm. I, I don't think I've ever heard of, uh, you said a Nuja base. New, I, it's, I'm not sure if it's new job base or new job. Uh, um, yeah, he was, he was, um, a musician who, who kind of really, um, created that, that sound of of that that like sample heavy lo-fi sound of you know using like live orchestral or funk or you know R&B samples uh, alongside those kind of like very slowed down beats and and w- one of the ways he got popularized was was by being extensively used as a uh, bumper music during hmm. adult swim and uh, tsunami wow he died really young he did yes Oh shit! Well, I mean, um, well, R.I.P. to a new job is, or however exactly you pronounce that. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, but yeah, like I, I think, um, yeah, like it, it is like this very low sort of. Uh, it's it's not sad music exactly, uh, and and I think part of that is because they they. Uh, Later on, you know, when when they drive him out into the country, um, they they basically see his uh, his spirit sort of like rise up and you know punch through the atmosphere and into outer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like I guess that was his final form, <laughs> mm-hmm. Shep's final form, um, and and so uh, from there they decide to go to because uh Stella still has the the little card with the address of the the very evil castle TM um they they go and search search out uh uh the darkwood manor or whatever it's called exactly um and uh, there they find you know like in a secret room within the castle they find the the tome uh that that then shows like a, a a series of pictures where uh they can sort of piece together his his uh history uh and it stretches back quite a bit right mm-hmm. yeah he, was i i think i got it where he he was um an alien that crash landed and he was a young boy at first is that mm-hmm. Okay, and then yeah, I, I then, got yeah, I got that feeling as well. Yeah, yeah, and then he was just started trying to make the five thousand five hundred and 
55 uh gold <laughs> records uh but it was cool to go see like the the compilation the you know the montage of all the different artists he's like stolen from all over the, I the felt universe the worst about about the tiny little guy who got remade as, as like a little child piano prodigy and he's like oh, God. get into the lava <laughs> yeah yeah and so uh as they're paging through the 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 uh, grimoire named after the the track right uh which is uh veritas quo i'm gonna guess mm-hmm. is the the pronunciation here so what what do we listen to that for a little bit uh so give me a second here Yeah, and and Kurt, you had mentioned that this was one that uh, that that really uh, that you really liked as well. Yeah, it's I I think it's got that neat kind of combination of like classical and electronic. Mm-hmm. It, it very much reminds me of like um, I I remember when I was probably nine or ten, my uncle got me this cassette that was called like um, it was called like classical fire or something, something mm-hmm. along those lines. And all it was was recordings of um, classical compositions that somebody had basically put like a disco beat uh, mm. on, like on top of. <laughs> it basically sounded exactly like this. I should try to find it. The actual Kurt, you, album that I had. You're reminding me of uh, of the the soundtrack for Clockwork Orange, where they have like little synthy uh, yes. Beethoven beats. It's it's lovely. I love Wendy it. Carlos. Wendy Carlos. Yep. Yes, she's who a queen. Also did, who also did Tron, the original yes. Tron. Yeah. Oh, that's um, oh shit. So bringing the conversation full circle. Yeah, there you go. Well, and she also uh, beyond the the movie tra- soundtrack, um, she like charted with um, what was it turning on Beethoven or something mm-hmm. like that or. Um, where it was all like, you know, synthesized versions of Beethoven or classical music, and it it like charted on on, so it it might have been you know similar to what you were talking about, Kurt. Yeah, there's there's really fascinating videos where she kind of walks um, walks through her process of of you know working with the synthesizers, and it's it's remarkable to see. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she sits down and is like, and if I want it to sound like a vibe, like, you know, she she's not using like presets, like she's she's like manually adjusting in, you know, not even samples, just like based like like the basic synth waveform, which is like, if I want it to, to, to sound like a violin, I do this. If I want it to sound like an organ, I do this, you know, uh, is vi- just just remarkable. And she's still around. Um, she 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 doesn't she avoids publicity, but she is still around. And she's alive. still alive. Yes, yeah, she is. Yep. Oh, wow. Damn. Excellent. All right. Um, so yeah. So so they find out that uh, <laughs> the Earl the Darkwood, surprise surprise, is an evil guy. He, he's he's exploited uh, many musicians in the past. Uh, some of them are, are even aliens as well, like themselves, uh, and uh, has amassed uh, what is it five thousand five hundred and fifty four gold mm-hmm. records. Now he has the last one. 
So uh, I, I love that there's a, a little um, sort of like a, a woodblock uh, <laughs> illustration of like his final uh, thing, which is conquer the universe, yeah. <laughs> where he's like holding a glow, like the the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah. So basically uh, um, he, he grabs Stella. He puts her into like this chamber uh, at the base of where he's stored all the other gold records. Um, and uh, it's arpeggious and, um, and Octave try to basically uh, uh, intercede, but they're they're held at bay by the uh, the androids slash cyborgs. Um, and what is it? They they just grab the record and they toss it to, down into the because this is like uh, in in true uh, you know supervillain lair fashion the central pillar where all the records are is is only accessible through a narrow bridge um and there's a giant chasm uh that leads down into the depths uh that we later find out is full of lava <laughs> <laughs> after uh, uh was it was it Arpeggius that uh, tosses the 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 gold record into mm-hmm. the lava? Yes. And then so so uh the Darkwood uh in his struggle to recover the record uh falls, you know, behind, you know, basically falls in, in its wake and all the androids go like our master has died, we must join him mm-hmm. and also throw themselves into the lava. That's right. It's uh it's very very, very, uh, very lucky that the Crescendals were able to to manage all that. A, a terrible, terrible design, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, not safe. Yeah, o- Osha would really have a field day. Indeed, I mean, even supervillain Osha would have a field day. Yeah. I'm just imagining like the, the like something like the Guild of Calamitous Intent going yes, in and, exactly <laughs> with che- with like uh, like little clipboards going. Mm. <laughs> you didn't make it. Um <laughs> but yeah, so so uh they they're finally free of the darkwood date. They managed to find um uh Shep's ship, Shep's ship. Um let's <laughs> say that five times fast. And uh they're they're able to then uh get out of, you know, out of earth orbit and they're heading back uh to the to the phantom zone uh you know hyperspace gate or whatever the fuck. Um, and when they, uh, punch through as they're in hyperspace, uh, a, a, a shadow follows them in and it turns out that it's none other than the dark wood. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but at the last minute, um, they realize that, uh, Shep's spirit has followed them through as well. And he engages with the enemy uh, and that's where we get the, the basically one of the last tracks of the of the entire thing, which is face to face. So uh, let's give that a listen to just uh, as as like the last track. Uh, we we do get one more, which is basically a a, a uh, what do you call it? A reprise of uh, aerodynamic at the end, but this is the last true track. So let's give that a listen, folks.
So I, I will say, even at the hour mark, um, you know, which is, I, I'm assuming just to, to fit all the songs from the album, um, they kind of just like show you everything we watched again. <laughs> like they do like a clip show of all the stuff yeah. that just came before. <laughs> the highlights. Yes. <laughs> just in case you missed something. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I, I feel like uh, more more uh, shows should do that. Just give you like a little clip show at the end, just in case you you, you, know, you had to go to the bathroom and you forgot to pause. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like pause, I, I Carlo, was, you weren't watching this on live TV like us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where do you get live TV these days? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that this is such a great little, uh, I think we could call it an artifact of its moment. Right. I don't like, like, like we've been talking about, I, I don't think that this type of thing could, we, we would see it now. It's just such a weird, such a weird trajectory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah, I think, you know, it could happen for the right artist at the right moment. Like, it's certainly not on this scale, I would say. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, there's always a chance that, I don't know, Taylor Swift watches some anime and it's like, oh, I want an anime out, you know, movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think someone like her probably has, you know, could, could, could probably swing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but barring that, also, I bet she would like some terrible ass anime too. It'd be something, <laughs> something bad. Um, so, <laughs> RGBY so or some shit like that. So what's that? The the RGBY the oh. the one that's just like a, a a mashup of every other anime that they've done in this like completely computerized uh, type of animation. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. I, I could imagine just like shitty anime <laughs> that Taylor Swift likes. <clears throat> I guess the it's not anime, but the comparable would be um, Beyonce's Lemonade. That was like um, huge. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Was kind of like a companion visual piece to the album. You know what? Uh, now that you mention it, uh, Dirty Computer mm-hmm. from Janelle Monae. Like oh, she, yes, yes, like yes. A, basically that's an, a a like I think it's like about an hour short film. Uh, basically, it's just you know different set pieces with like different. You, it, it, I think it's just designed so you could cut it up and and make videos out of it but too, mm. uh, because it's all live action. But yeah, like it, it's live action but not anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what's significant about this is that as far as I know, this is you know tradition. There's there's a little bit of CGI that appears in it, but it is you know traditionally animated. And you can tell based upon the fact that it cost four million dollars with no dialogue, mm. um, <laughs> and therefore you know no localization or, or anything. Uh, fairly expensive to, to make traditionally animated anime in, in in 2003 when you know there was still plenty of people who knew how to do that. Versus now, when I'm sure there are fewer. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that is probably another barrier, and and that that to me is one of the things I, that I love about this is that you can really tell like the 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 effort that went into it, like the mm-hmm. the fact that the, this is not so much this is this is not so much someone being like let's let's see if we can copy you know a the feel of anime from the seventies. They just went and got a bunch of people who had made you know like. Laiji Matsumoto was the guy who was, you know, 
making star blazers. And so they're just kind of like, let's just get the gang back together and, you know, do one more for old time's sake, uh, uh, essentially, <laughs> which is, I think, very different from someone in 2023 saying, well, let's see, you know, can we approximate it? Yeah. Well, and, and, and to your point, Kurt, like the, the sort of like the, the fact that it's made sort of like, you know, by hand mostly is such a different feeling. Um, there, there's something about it. Like you compare this to something that is completely CGI'd like, uh, those, oh, those execrable, um, what if episodes? And, <laughs> no, thank you. And it's like, oh god, why? Um, there, it's just night and day, just, just awful, awful stuff, just completely soulless. And this just feels very warm and very, I don't know. It's just got a quality to it that that feels, mm-hmm. I don't know, just different. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think uh, – I, I, do we have any last thoughts other than – I mean, I, I, my last thought is that, um, you know, honestly, I wish – I wish – I think I'd mentioned this to you earlier, Chris. I wish that we could um, watch this in the way that uh, nature intended at a club <laughs> where uh, <laughs> basically background music and you see flashes of it on, on screens all around the club or whatever, you know, like some yeah. weird chill-out rave. Mm-hmm club type of thing absolutely now earlier i said that i had a pitch um mm. and i i had pitched this to pete at one point and then we forgot about it um so we were talking about about you know watching something like this on tv so there was a um there was a series or i guess a block i'm not sure what you want to call it on the sci-fi channel in the late 90s through probably around 2000 i think they ended it um, called Saturday Morning Anime, um, and uh, they they would take you know an anime um, film typically typically from like the early nineties or the late eighties, uh, and they would show it on TV like early in the morning. Not not you know it, it would typically start around like seven or eight, um, and was kind of overlapping with you know Saturday morning cartoons, um, and some absolute geniuses have recorded and uploaded. The entire blocks of of these movies, lightly edited for TV, things like Vampire Hunter D, for instance, with commercials and hmm. all of the Sci-Fi Channel crap, you know, from 1997 or whenever they were <laughs> they were on. Um, I think that, and th- this could be like a fun Discord thing, or this could also be something that we do as an episode or whatever. I think it would be very entertaining to to watch one of those, you know. From from 1997 to to your point about you know experiencing these things the way they were meant to be seen chopped up awkwardly for commercials <laughs> early in the morning on your parents' television before they woke up <laughs> and you had to watch it real quick before they woke up because they they'd switch it off to something boring like yes. the news yes <laughs> um, but yeah yeah I, I I'm I'm all about it man yeah mm-hmm. we we could we could probably figure out how to how to how to do this and what what would be the best way to 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 do it if it's like a just a watch along on yeah. on the discord could be, or something could be, could be lots of stuff yeah yeah anyway yeah uh gents uh, i i do want to thank you for um indulging me and and uh you know like every once in a while every few years i i fall down a daft punk hole um mm-hmm. 
There's a couple of artists that do that, and and then I forget about them for long stretches. Beck is another one that that hmm. <laughs> weirdly, uh, once I start listening to something of his, I, I I I suddenly oh no, I have to listen to everything. Oh no. Um, but I have uh, I have a recommendation, mm-hmm. um, which is that if people like the way that this sounds, uh, and they would like to um, hear more music uh similar to this go listen to some goblin um very similar sound to the point that um uh, the, goblin was well known for for doing like italian horror um soundtracks hmm. uh especially working with uh dario argento um and i was going to say it is so much so so much so uh that one of um Justice's most famous songs uh, is basically basically just a complete ripoff of <laughs> the theme music for Dario Argento's uh, Tenebrae. Um, hmm. And uh, I, I remember the first time I heard it and I was like, son of a gun, they fucking stole. They just, they, they didn't even sample. They basically just took the song. <laughs> Snaked <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that is it for our our, our, our episode of Podside Radio. Uh, any last thoughts, gents? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't want to ask it one more time. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.